In this episode, Justin and I share some memories we each have around covering up our own suffering for other people. Justin also describes some mental health difficulties she's been dealing with and her fears around letting that affect her relationship with me. And we talk about some specific things that are coming up as we consider the possibility of moving in together. Also, the beginning might be a little disorienting, so I just want you to know that you're being dropped in right as Justin's discussing the ethics of sharing your personal struggles before you've had time to process them. Welcome to If I May Be So Bold, a podcast about relationships. The ones we have with others, the one we have with ourselves. And given that Dan and I are a couple, you're going to be hearing about our relationship too. I'm Dan Epstein, a recording artist, former opera singer, and relational coach. I'm Justin Waring Crane, a therapist, recovering perfectionist, and karaoke star. I will say that, you know, a common practice among, um, I guess I'll say like mental health professionals, but I think this extends to, um, anyone who's in the public eye, who is using their own life experience to inform Mm -hmm. their professional work. Um, a common practice for self-disclosure is I'm definitely going to share, you know, my own story and my own struggles, um, to the extent that I've worked through them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm like currently like in crisis or like really vulnerable about something, yeah. um, it almost feels like, uh, I think maybe an irresponsible use of influence or of, um, the space Mm-hmm. of a podcast to, yeah. to be using that to like work something else, work something out or like working something out on right. other people versus like, I'm going to, you know, do this more like in private while I'm very vulnerable and raw. Mm-hmm. And then when I have some distance from it and some clarity and have made sense of it, then it's appropriate to share. So yeah, I, Yeah, I resonate with that. And I also want to play around with um, sharing, uh, sharing about times I'm struggling while it's happening, because I also know that I have this tendency where um, I really only talk about myself struggling in the past tense. Mm -hmm. So like, I'll say like, oh, yeah, like I was last week I was like going through a real rough patch, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, but I may still be, you know, but it's like, I think it's the, this like grammar of wishful thinking where it's like, well, if I just say that it was happening, like if I put it in the past tense, then like maybe somehow it'll like move me through it faster. Um, And also I'm wondering if part of it is taking care of the person holding space for you. Yeah. Like I don't want, to come to someone and say, I'm really struggling. I'm having a really hard time and think that they're going to feel like they need to make it better or they're going to be uncomfortable. Well, That's really intimate to be like wondering if that person is thinking that you're like hoping they're going to save you. (laughs) Wait. Yeah. Wait. 
and it's intimate for, I don't get it well, yet. I'm wondering, I haven't had this thought before, but like if part of the being like, I'm okay now, cause we're always like, Oh, I'm okay now. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, because God forbid that person might think that you're like, I need you right now. Like that um, is intimate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is diff- It's very difficult for me to tell somebody like, I need you or I need something from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to do that more and yeah, I guess I just want to yeah. say I'm struggling right now. Yeah. I think it feels actually good in a way to be like right now I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've been dealing with, um, some depression and, yeah. um, sort of overall like life, like dissatisfaction, life feeling really hard. Um, yeah. And just wanting to really like be open with that and not make it everybody else's problem or just like, you know, go into situations and be like, life is shit. And, you know, just like, (laughs) it's like, I need to have some filter, um, especially with the job that I do, but not caring so much, like, like feeling like I have to be so bouncy or Mm. happy or even just facial expressions that feel Mm. really forced smiling you know when I don't feel that um I think just that's really worn me down over the last year or so and Dan and I are both reading Martha Beck's book or wait I'm reading it (laughs) I'm merging I'm trying to merge with you but we're reading the way I'm reading the way of integrity by Martha Beck. And she talks about doing these like integrity Mm. cleanses where you don't tell a lie, you know, for a certain period of time. Like, and that includes not telling lies with your facial expressions or, you know, I'm so interested in trying those cleanses and I'm scared because it's one of those things where you know how deep it goes and how radical it would be to do it. Yeah. It feels, that's the feeling that feels very scary to feel like I can't do this, but I also can't not do it. Mm. Like, yeah, exactly. If I do this, like my life might fall apart. And if I do this, my life might fall apart. Thank God. Like that would be like such a blessing. You <laughs> well, know, that yeah. I mean, I think you're wired that way more so than some to be like, ultimately going facing these difficult things about myself is, is worth it to me. Um, like in the long view of things. And I also feel like I'm similar, but, um, I think depending on the type of trauma you have, that might, you might have a really different, someone might have a really different relationship with, with facing those things. Um, going back to what you're saying before about putting it in the past tense, it makes me think of like, there's been times where I've come across people who that's kind of always like how they present. Have you ever run into come into cross someone who's always like, man, I was like going through something really bad, but like, thank God, like now I'm on and they're like on oh. to something like um, it could be oh. like uh, a therapist. Right. It could be ever like since a I started a, a keto. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, I don't, no one's coming to mind really. 
honestly, except for maybe myself. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of that person a lot of the time. But yeah. Do you have any memories of like do any particular memories come to mind when you think about in the past the version of you who would always pretend that everything was good like had a I should say have a had a hard time showing up in process Yeah well I mean I think what sort of maybe a core trauma or a core memory for me is is I think the last time I was really depressed or felt like this bad was my freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. And I did not like the school that I was attending. I was going to the university where my dad teaches, but it's a very conservative um, Christian college. Um, It was not, you know, my top choice. I was like, yeah, I'll just like go to Brown or like Stanford or like wherever, you know, like not knowing like what it takes <laughs> to get into like schools like that. <laughs> I was kind of just like, That's yeah, awesome. like Harvard, that'll, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I just like, didn't really have the grades, you know, to get into mm. um, what I thought was like going to be my ticket to a good life. Like, you yeah. know, that lie that like everyone well, at least I believed, you know, that I just need to get into this good school. Then I can have this like good job and like make money and like not have any problems. Um, so I was really depressed my first year, first and only year at that college. And I was crying a lot and just feeling so down. And I had a boyfriend at the time who we had met in high school and started dating into college, he went to a different school that we were sort of dating long distance. And, um, I just remember like my feelings and my sadness were ultimately too much for him. And he was like, he said something to the effect of like, you are bringing me down. Like you're making me feel sad, you know? And I was like, and I was like, Oh no, like, well, I'll just be happy then. Like, I'll just like, be happy, which was like me just sort of trying to fake it and pretend that everything was okay. And I like be okay for both of us. Now the context is that he was somebody who had significant mental health challenges. So like anything coming from anyone else was, he wouldn't be able to tolerate it because he was already like in the negative. His capacity was just like, so, so limited. Um, so I understand that that wasn't about me, but of course, then I was like, let's just stuff it down, pretend that everything's fine. And like, that'll just be my like identity. And it's like, Mm. I'll just decide to be happy, you know? So that I think was like really set me, primed me for like falling into toxic positivity and just spiritual bypassing. Yeah. You didn't like, you didn't like what that brought up in him. Yeah. So it, it, it made me feel like, well, if I'm sad, like no one's going to love me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be. Yeah. My value know, is abandoned. tethered to yes. showing up this way. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 
I just said it the way Krish says it. He goes, Woo. Oh, nice. Hey, Krish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the new Krish. <laughs> Krish, don't listen to him. <laughs> Krish, you're going to disappear. <laughs> okay. What, uh, com- what comes to mind for me is I remember when I was in opera school, I went on this, I think that's when it was. I went on this vacation. I went on this vacation with my family. Um, and we were in like a beautiful place in the mountains. And I think as a kid, I was pretty bouncy. Um, I was curious. I was the youngest of three. Um, I was like trying to get attention because I was the youngest of three and vying for worthiness. Like I remember with jokes, I was like, man, like it's tough to get laughs. Like feeling so i remember trying to like mimic my brother uh my middle brother because i felt like he was better at making the family laugh than me and i was like damn like like i was trying to study up and then meanwhile like hindsight like my brother and i my brother's great but like we're so different like and our sense of humor has overlap but it's like we have different dispositions um and i just remember on that trip in the mountains, I wasn't into it. Like I wasn't happy to be there really, even though it was like a very nice place. I was very lucky to be there. I was like, and I was becoming a classical singer and I felt like my new way was going to be like following this path of like trying to be accomplished at that. Um, I don't know totally how that relates to the not, being chipper part, but I just remember it being a problem for the family that I was not like being positive. Um, and like, I remember the specific instance with my mom where I think she was seeing that in me. She saw that I was just like, not, I was kind of like in my own world, like not really, not really here for it. And like her being like, Dan, like I'm pointing at the mountains. So beautiful. Right. And I just like, we were having a coat, we were having a different interaction underneath, right? Like on the surface, it's, it's like, isn't this great? Like trying to connect, right? But ultimate, but it was for me, what I was experiencing was like, it's a problem that you're not into this thing that we're like spending money on and that we're doing together and our time together is precious. And I just like remember feeling so resentful of her for doing that and being like, yeah, I see the mountains, mom. Yeah. What, what do you think? Why was that the timing for you? Like what else was going on like in your life? Why did you, did you make a conscious decision to be like, I'm just going to show up like however I'm feeling or I'm like yeah, going to see what my identity is outside of this like really chipper, happy go lucky guy. That's a good question. I like, I do definitely think I was aware of this tension and this like pressure to give in and pretend to be happy. And I was definitely decided that I wasn't going to do that. Um, but I didn't have any tools or sort of vocabulary to understand like how I could use that experience to move somewhere. You know, it did feel very trapping. You felt trapped in like, it felt like there were no good options. Like I wasn't going to pretend to be happy. Um, and I also didn't know how to express 
myself in a way that would allow me to actually maybe feel understood. go back to um kind of what's been going on with you and maybe talk about it in the context of us yeah so um i guess yeah i don't know the past few months have been really hard but i would say that like even for the last two years um i've been struggling um and it's just hard to see it kind of, it just happens very gradually. So I guess in the, the last couple months, um, my mental health has deteriorated to the point where I really can't, um, not address it, um, mm-hmm. in a, in a higher level way or a bigger way than I have been. So, um, you know, I've been, I started medication, um, and you know, I've been, going to therapy, but I guess what I've been noticing is that this past year, um, my world has felt very small. Um, and I felt extremely isolated, um, kind of not knowing where my community is or really who my friends are and just struggling. And and then just like, you know, feeling really um, like there's not, I'm not filling my cup with anything. It's like, I'm going into work and Mm. I'm draining my cup and then I'm going home and not filling it. And then going in the next day, like empty again. So it's just like, I feel like very like weighed down and like Mm. bogged down. Um, it's just, it's been, it's been tough because I mean, i I'm, I think re-remembering, you know, that experience of my, my college boyfriend, um, kind of rejecting me for Mm. being sad and then, you know, not really wanting to, to repeat that experience. So I think doing as much as I can to not show Dan, to not show you Mm. how bad it is. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it just it just feels really scary to do that and and to to lean on you. I don't want to lean on you too much or put so mm-hmm. much strain on the relationship. So um yeah, I think yeah. I want to know about people who have mental health challenges and how that, you know, what yeah. do they do in 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 a romantic relationship? Like how do you navigate that and Yeah. And I know about you that one of the beliefs, false beliefs that you deal with is that you need to be like up and fun and like one of the exciting voices in the room. Um, Because that's come up, uh, came up a bunch earlier in our relationship where um, we talked about it. For me, it's like, yeah, if you're feeling down, if that's the truth, then that's the truth. So that's where we are. Like, that's what we're working with together. And obviously you're the one carrying it because it's your experience. But 
in terms of in context of the relationship, it's helpful for me to know your real experience so that I can know how to support you. And also I can know how to take care of myself when I don't have, um, when I'm at capacity, I think it's interesting for us to try and explore it because, you know, it's been particularly hard for you the last few months. And that's been when we've started putting this project out. (laughs) So it's like, it's been an interesting experience already feeling like we want to show up in a way that is engaging for people. And there's been many times where we've recorded and I think we've both just felt a little out of sorts because while I'm not going through the type of depression you're going through, I, I struggle with anxiety and I have, um, felt really vulnerable putting this project out and hyper aware of my own self-consciousness in a way that like as an Enneagram four, it's like a nightmare, you know, it's a nightmare. I like want to be able, I uh, like, I romanticize and idealize those people who can just be like boldly, unapologetically in their own point of view, like not afraid to say anything like at all times. And I, my growth as a person has very much incorporated the understanding that that's not me. Like I am very much someone sensitive to the energy in the room and, um, I go through a lot of different moods and emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like, it's so easy. I think to idealize, like if I was just like that person, you know, it's, if I could just Mm -hmm. like be so like off the cuff and just like, you know, in my own experience and like true to who I am, like, but you know, it's like those people have other problems, you know, where it's Mm -hmm. like, they're, they're trying to actually be more attuned, you know, to the people that they're around and, um, needing to develop maybe more of a filter, you know? So it's, it's hard. I think, you know, you just, you have a different set of problems with, with that personality type, but, um, I would really love to hear from any couples who, have worked through um, periods of one or both going through really tough depression or some kind of crisis and then having to, you know, having to show up and still be a partner. What thing about your mom? Okay. So as, as Dan and I have talked about, potentially living together at some point. Oh, right. Um, I think that might be breaking news for most people. Breaking, <laughs> breaking news. Dan and I have talked about living together at some point. Um, context. I live um, separately from Dan with a couple of roommates. Um, and Dan lives in his own house with a roommate. And we live about 20 minutes from each other. Um, And I have never lived with a partner before. Um, And part of why that is, is (laughs) because when I was a preteen. A preen. preen, I was in the car with my mom 
um, we were driving somewhere and, uh, God, I'm so bad at telling stories sometimes. Anyway, we're in the car and, um, I don't know how this conversation came up, but, and I often felt kind of like trapped by my mom in the car where it was like, she would kind of choose when we were in the car to like talk about serious things that I like would rather die than than talk about, you know, like puberty. Um, and so I felt like really trapped by her in those moments. And here we were again, she was driving and I was, you know, trapped in the passenger seat. And, um, and she said to me, you know, Justin, the thing that you could do that would be the most hurtful thing in the world to me would be living with somebody you weren't married to. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's, it's, it's only fair to your mom. Who's the guest on the last yeah, episode. Hey, that, mommy. Uh, <laughs> uh, she has reckoned with yes. a lot of uh, yes. the type of mothering we have done a lot of work and healing um, and had a lot of conversations around this topic of, you know, it was really about like um, sexual purity and I don't really know exactly why it was like that issue was the one to really for her to Mm -hmm. hang her hat on. And that would be maybe (laughs) something to circle back to. I think she just really felt like it would be to my benefit like that I would be happier if I, you know, didn't live with someone until we were married. I think, you know, the idea being that if you're married, then you're less likely to break up, less likely to have like heart, heartbreak and heartache. So in that way, it was, she was protecting you. <laughs> I think she was trying to protect well, me. Well, you are still a virgin. So right. in some way. And it's worked. So yeah, the success, <laughs> uh, I think, but no, so now as I'm almost 31, I haven't lived with a partner before, even though I have been in serious relationships and, um, I think I just carry a lot of like, you know, just subconsciously, like I'm trying to make it more conscious, but I think there's fear around like, well, what if we move in together and it doesn't work out, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I waited all that time to live with a partner thinking that, you know, well, this will be cool if like, what if I, you know, I'm waiting for the right person and like the right time. And, Mm -hmm. and that like, I don't want to go through the process of moving in with someone and then breaking up and moving out. And like, that seems like really painful, you know? Yes. Um, but not wanting to go about, like I was talking to my therapist about that and she was like, well, what I'm hearing is that like, your motivation is trying to avoid pain. Mm-hmm. And so that's just like always going to backfire. Cause like the, just the pain is, is just always going to be part of it. Um, and like, what if you guys move in together and like, then you say like, it's not really a good fit. And then mm-hmm. that's like, is that the end of the world? And I was like, no, like, I guess it's not really the end of the mm-hmm. world, you know, but that's just sort of been built up in my mind. Yeah. And like the background that I come from that, like, divorce is a big deal and breaking up is a huge deal and how embarrassing, you know, that it's like, wow, she slept with him. And like, then he dumped her. That's just how men are. Like he got what he wanted, Mm. you know, like that kind of mentality. So, yeah. And I think also we're both, I have lived with a partner. Um, I lived with a partner in my twenties for several years and 
we both, Justin and I both, at least expressly, like we don't need to like get on the relationship escalator in the traditional way that most, like that many people do of like, okay, we're together. Now we're monogamous. Now we're going to live together. Like, like we, we value, I should say, like, um, taking it as it comes and, you know, being open to actually like the shape it wants to take rather than, uh, deciding it's going to take a certain shape right squishing it into like a mold that's chosen by Mm -hmm. somebody else right so i i also feel similarly in that i'm like i like having this thing on the horizon that like justin's gonna move in at some point and we're gonna like you know have that experience and so in a way if you were to move in sooner i'm like oh that might be some grief because then i'm like letting go of the future thing that I like feel comforted by in some way that it's in the future at some point versus yeah happening next month, you know? Um, yeah, no, it's like, I, I think like, yeah, I don't need it to be perfect, but I do want there to be intention around it. And yeah. like, I want it to feel like we're doing it our way. Yeah. And like, that feels really important to me. And like, you know, I like, I love parties. So it's like, I would want to have like a, we're moving in together party, you know, and like have like ceremony and like ritual around Mm. that. Like, I really like that. And, um, and like, I think those things like need to be marked at the party. Yeah. It would just, (laughs) no, I mean, you know, it'd be like our friends and like, I don't know, there's like all, all the shit that we do in our lives that just kind of happens. And it's Mm. like, I want to you know, be in the driver's seat and like not forcing things to happen, but like being intentional. And it sounds like from what you've told me in the past is like, you want to do it in a way that's not like it's happening as a consequence of something else, like that you're trying to escape potentially. Like, yeah. Right. Like not just like circumstances are forcing Mm. us into this bind and now like we're living together, you know? Right. Yeah, we're going to have um, all our listeners vote. Do we? If we should move or in not. together or not. Um, <laughs> and if you guys want to come to our, our party, our moving in together party. You can't. Because <laughs> it's just us. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I want to do a whole other episode yeah. about like rituals and ceremonies. And yeah, right in. And also if there's topics that you really want to hear about, what are some like events in your life that you had like a celebration for, or you had like mm-hmm. a party for, or like a ritual that usually isn't commemorated mm-hmm. um, in traditional, our traditional culture, whatever. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Our email is if I may podcast at gmail.com and our Instagram is at I I M B S B. And that's our show. Thanks for joining us. Our music is by Nightlight. We self-produce this podcast, so please subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps. <laughs>